Welcome to the Sales Lead Dog Podcast, hosted by CRM technology and sales process expert, Christopher Smith, talking with sales leaders that have separated themselves from the rest of the pack. Listen to find out how the best of the best achieve success with their team and CRM technology. And remember, unless you are the lead dog, the view never changes. Welcome to Sales Lead Dog. This is an episode I've been waiting for for a while. We are welcoming back to Sales Lead Dog, Skip Miller. Skip, it's great to see you again. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having us. So I wanted to have Skip back on the show to talk about his most recent book, Outbounding, because the timing on this book is incredibly good. It's so needed. And I think it's so important these days, especially for any of us on LinkedIn, you're experiencing forms of outbounding. And we're going to dive into that here today. But Skip, tell me about your inspiration for the book Outbounding. I've written a number of books and I hate writing books because I got to get up at four in the morning to do it. That's my, my book writing time. I think five in the afternoon is more like Miller time. So I was talking to some outbounding people before COVID and it was, how's that outbounding going? Oh, good, good, good. Can you make your number? Eh, I'll, be, I'll be tight. Well, how's your outbounding efforts going? 80, 90% of my number, I will have to do some outbounding. Well, how's that going? Well, I sent in a guy an email last week. I'm waiting to hear back. That's it. Everybody hates the outbound. Prospect, cold call, I don't care what you call it. People hate to do it. And because of the last four or five years where we've done such a good job of driving inbound leads, we had to work that skill. Well, now we have to work that skill and people are terrible at it. So I'm like, okay, guys, if you're not an inbound expert, and you've got to actually outbound, you probably have not worked those skills in a while. I probably need to write a book. So that's how it came about. Yeah, I love it because it's really clear. I mean, everyone listening to this, you get inbound or you get these outbound emails coming to you. And I actually started a collection of these to try to like <laughs> what not to do, you know, so I make sure I don't make those mistakes. But there's a huge difference between the educated, motivated inbound lead and the outbound lead. Let's just jump right in. Talk to us about the differences you need to understand if you're going to start outbounding. All right. First, let's talk about value proposition. Because as you well know, I believe there's two, one above the line and one below the line. The above the line buyer is the more fiscal buyer. I've got a $30 million problem. I may need something like this and this and this. You know, I, There's some pieces of the puzzle I need to help my problem. The below line buyer is the one who's really interested in what you're selling. They're the one who's going to take it for a test drive, really compare it to other competitors, you know, spit it through the washing machine, features and functions. Both are important. But typically, we get inbounds from below the line. Hi, I'm Bob. I'm the manager of something, something, something. And we're looking at something that you may have. We're looking at three other vendors. Here's what we need. Here's what we're doing. And that's definitely going to drive us to below the line and be commoditized because you're going to be on a chart with three or four other vendors and, and how it's going to scale out. And that's effective. It works. You got to get in there. It typically costs your margin at the end of the sale because you got a discount. You know, it's typically they're driving the buy process and not us. And that's fine. It works. If you go outbound to the below the line buyer, well, they don't know anything's going on. They haven't been given instructions from above the line. So they may have the title you want. Let's say you sell a SaaS analytical program and you're going after the manager of IT analytics. That's a good title. Even senior manager, 
IT analytics. But unless the CIO says, uh-oh, we got a problem here, <laughs> we got to do something here, the senior manager of IT analytics isn't going to have the turn on of let's go. So if you're going to outbound, you probably want to start with the above the line buyer, which most people are nervous about, they're fearful about, and they don't know what to say. So that's kind of like the difference. Good luck with the inbounds. That's great. And we have to work our way up to the more senior level buyer. But when you outbound, please make sure you know the audience. You could outbound to both, but the messaging is very different. So is the sales process. You talk about that very early on in the book that you need two different sales processes. Could you talk about that? Sure. The sales process for an inbound is they're 5, 10, 20, 40, 50, 80% through their cycle. They've already, number one, said, we didn't make a change. We're doing something different. We made a change. Okay, what's the scope of that change? Okay, let's go look at vendors. So now you're two thirds of the way through the buy process. It's now about you know testing people out and looking for vendors. In an outbound, it's hi. Are you thinking about changing some stuff? Because you know as well as I do, what you're doing today is not good enough where you need to be tomorrow. So what are some of the changes you're thinking of, and what are the outcomes you want for that change? Well, if those are things you need to change, and those are your outcomes well, then maybe we could help. And it gets you totally out of that vendor, vendor, vendor thing because you're working with your customer holding their hands. Example, we're dealing with a customer who wants to eliminate ramping time in their sales team. They're taking three to four months to ramp their sales team. And when you're going to ramp 40, 50, 60 people times three or four months, that's a lot. So the goal is to get them fully productive within two weeks. Now, can I be a piece of that? Oh, yeah. But they also want to make sure their hiring practices are correct. They got to make sure their learning tactics for those two weeks are pretty intense. And people just don't. So there's a number of things that have to get going there. Their LMS has got to be up to speed and so on and so forth. But if the outcome is I got a ramping problem, I can just be a piece of it. Now, if I was going to talk to the head of sales training, right? It's okay. We're looking at you, this vendor, this vendor. What do you do here? What do you do there? And I appreciate that, but it's a different topic than I would have with a CRO. What's wrong with using the inbound approach to outbound prospects? Inbound assumes knowledge. We know we have a problem. We know we got to fix it. What are the vendors out there? Outbound, they're thinking they have to make a change. And that's about as far down the path as they've got. If you out or That'd be step one. Step two, it could be, we know to me, make a change. Step three could be, we know to me, make a change, and we're selecting vendors. Step four is, we know to me, make a change, we're selecting vendors, and we've picked one. So you could go anywhere on that whole paradigm. Inbound, it's, we've already decided we're making a change, we're picking vendors, and you're already a step behind. So if you're going to outbound, I'm always going to outbound high. Are you looking to make a change in these areas? 2020, you did a whole bunch of stuff just to make sure that you survived. You sure aren't going to do that in 2021. You're probably making a practice in your go-to-mark and your outbounding efforts to really fill your top of funnel. If those are questions you've got or issues, we should chat. That's it. I'm just going after their change, not specifics about this, specifics about that. So inbound, high, let's get right to the demo, presentation, proposal, close. Outbound, you could be anywhere on that paradigm. So you've got to gauge where you're at. And the earlier you are, the better chance you have to control the process. Right. As a sales leader, 
I think a lot of them, especially the ones I talked to on the podcast and others I've talked to, there is a huge emphasis on inbound because it is easier in some regards. What's wrong with that perspective that I'm so focused on inbound that I'm not doing much with outbound? If you call above the line, the more senior level managers, your deal size increases and your sales cycle time gets cut almost in half. Inbound, you're going to be dealing with below the line people. And then when you go above the line going, I'm dealing with Bob, he's a super guy. What do you want from our stuff? And the above the line person goes, well, Bob's my guy. Why are you bugging me? Well, that's asking below the line questions. Chris, if you remember, we talk about it like the kids table and adult table, right? I have a big family. When we got together for Thanksgiving or holidays, there'd be so many people. You have a kid table and adult table. The kids loved it because they get to speak kid talk. The adults love it because they don't have to speak kid talk. We learn really good kid talk. And then all of a sudden, when we get a chance to go above the line, we give an executive overview of kid talk, which the above the line person doesn't care. It's a totally different issue. So using those same tactics and tools that we've got for the inbound. Hi, before I give you a demonstration, right? Why don't we do this and this and this? Give me your data. Hi, I'm going to give you a three-day log on. And then let's talk about, those are all things we do with inbound. I couldn't imagine using those for outbound. I mean, it's a totally different paradigm. So if we don't treat them as different, your success rate is going to be a lot lower and you're going to be basically selling to the kid table. Right. You've touched on this a little bit. What is important to understand about the prospect when you engage in the outbound model? What do you mean? Give me some Well, color. in terms of, you mentioned a little bit, they could be anywhere in their cycle. Yeah. So for me as a sales leader, and I'm trying to build these processes for outbound, what should I understand or what should I be thinking about in terms of the customer when I build my outbound model? As a sales leader, outbounding, I've got a simple question. What's the size of the problem? It doesn't get easier than that. They've got to have a problem because you want to be an aspirin, not a vitamin. And they've got to be able to quantify it. This is a huge initiative. It's a key initiative. This is worth a ton. Well, you're not selling a ton. And for your 40 grand, I could imagine that person going to the CFO going, listen, I want to buy this thing for 40 grand because it means a ton to me. And the CFO is <laughs> going to laugh you out of his office. <laughs> so early on, especially outbounding, okay, why are you thinking about making a change? What's the outcome you want for those change? Have you quantified the problem? Not do you have budget? They don't even know they have a problem yet. You're asking about budget. So when you outbound, it's all about being curious. I think, Chris, one of the natural curiosities, one of the great sales tools that salespeople can have is a natural curiosity. And not fake. I mean, just dive in. Why are you guys doing that? Why are you thinking about doing that? If you guys are making a change and you're going to buy us at 40 grand, what's the size of the problem? Well, we don't know. Well, somebody knows. Let's get to that person early. Yep. You talk about you need, a, as a sales leader, I need an outbound process that I can measure. You specifically use the term no more donut drops, which I love. Can you talk about like early on and outbound? You mentioned that those early stages, that first stage when you're qualifying. Yeah. How do you measure success? I'm a huge fan of measuring energy. All right. If somebody knows they have a problem and they've sized the problem, that's a ding, 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 ding. That's big. If they know they have to make a change and don't know their outcome yet, that's still really good. If they know they have to make a change about something and know their outcome, but haven't figured out what the size of the problem is, that's still fine. 
But to sit there and, and go, listen, here's what we do. Here's what we've done for a lot of folks. Are you interested in what we do? That is such a wrong approach. I mean, geez, I didn't know I needed a set of players and a hammer. I mean, geez, I didn't know. I'd, I just have a problem with my house. I haven't even gotten to the point yet where I need a new hammer and a pair of pliers yet. So by going after outbounding and pitching is probably the wrong thing. The whole thing about outbounding is kicking that natural curiosity and the way you measure it. Number one, do they have a size of a problem identified? Is at least 50% of your outbound activity, at least 50% to the ATL and not the BTL? Do we have referenceable ATL things? For example, one of the best ways to get a hold of an ATL is referral. Hi, John. Mary told me to talk to you. Even better is when you outbound to John, hi, John, Mary told me to talk to you. Make sure you see Mary because now John will really pay attention. Just because you were able to use Mary's name is fine. But if all of a sudden he sees that Mary's name is there too, oh, this has got some credibility to it. But we never think of doing that. So those type of little things to use to get us to the ATL, I'm going to measure. Do we have referrals? Are we at ATL? Do we have 25 cadences going, 25 people in a cadence, in a two-week cadence doing 10 touches? So what are the things we're doing? They're very measurable. Right. And you talk about not just being measurable, but you want quality. It's not about quantity, but it's about quality. Can you talk about that? Sure. Quality, again, has got to go under review, right? Some basic rules. Number one, emails over 120 words are never read. You and I, before we got on this podcast, looked at an email to somebody who thought they were really, it was solid. They said, I think, I believe, and I want about seven times. And the thing was probably 180, 190 words. And you even said, I would never even read that. Right. Then we rewrote it really simple. And you're like, wow, look at that. Look at there. Oh, yeah. Things changed. Big time. There were things to, that I could immediately focus on because when I read an email, I scan. If it's coming for someone I don't know. Everybody does. Right. It's like, is there something in here of value? If not, I'm going to give you about three to five seconds and then I'm moving on. And uh, so you better have something that's going to grab me. And your rewrite, it started off with a very strong word. And so it immediately, I'm like, okay, I'm willing to read the rest of that sentence. Right. It's not hard to do. So those are some of the coaching things that you've got to, I mean, I'm writing an article with a company and you could have all the cadences and sequences and you can have all the sales enablement process tools like outreach cells, right? Yep. But you got to have good messaging. What is good messaging? That was probably at least a third of my book is here's what really works and here's what kind of doesn't work. Number one, no more than 120 words. 70% are opened up on mobile devices. If 70% of emails are open on mobile devices, why don't you write your email on your mobile device? Yeah. You'll form factor it the way somebody wants to read it rather than sit at your laptop, write a novel, and then expect it to look good on a phone. It doesn't work that way. So those are two great tools and tips right there to make sure that we're outbounding correctly with the right messaging. Yeah, I love that. As a sales leader, I know, you know, hey, I need to get on outbounding. How should I start outbounding? First, read the book. (laughs) Sorry. Everyone buy the book. Buy my book. No. How do you outbound, right? Lists are important. Everything is important. In my opinion, right? Number one, target some golden nugget accounts. These are 25 accounts we're going to go after. Number two, really work on your messaging. I love trumpeting. Trumpeting is a way to just get the top level executives and say, hi, we're coming at you. Just want to put you on notice. And that's all it's doing, but it's another touch. 
keep them very simple and businesslike. The more homework you can do on the company, the more referrals you can get to get into the company, you'll get the ATL on the phone. When you got the ATL on the phone, please make sure it's all about them and not about us. I am still shocked, shocked when I listen to people's calls on how much they want to sit back and say, well, quickly, what do you know about us? Because let me tell you what we do, what we're all about. You know, if I can take everything in my head and put it in your head, you'd see we'll want to talk. Jeez, that's the wrong approach. It didn't help me when I was looking for my girlfriend slash wife. It's not going to help you trying to find your prospects. <laughs> you got to make sure it's a two-way conversation and it's not all about you. Right. What help do prospects want in an outbuying process? In my opinion, they don't want help. <laughs> they don't need help. Okay. They want to be heard. So if I can take some time and bounce some stuff off you or really just sit back and say, here's what I'm doing. What do you think? Don't you love the prospecting email? Hi, I'm so-and-so. What we do is this. I'd love to help. I even know you. You don't even know me. How do you know you can help me? I'm glad you'd love to help, but you don't even know what my problems are. How can you help? It is so ridiculous. Outbounding, buyers want to be heard. They'll take your call because they've got a problem. And it's probably about 80% okay, but that extra 20% is going to give them big results. So if they could just outline what they've got going and what they're thinking about, and if you can be a piece of the puzzle, I'll talk to you. But guys, the number one thing to do is make sure buyers feel heard. There is no senior level executive who ever agree to meet with you because they want to hear what you have to say. They'll agree to meet with you because they have a thought in their process on their brand they want to talk about. Get that out first. Then you can start talking about yourself. Yep. Isn't this just kind of common sense? Oh, it is, but it's not easy common sense. You know, <laughs> it, it takes work. And that's the next question I have for you is you talk a lot about homework and preparation yeah. as part of outbounding. Can we dive into that? Sure. I'm a homework bug. Why? Because it's got to be mutually beneficial. This is not a give, 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 give. For example, Many of your listeners have got a presentation or a demonstration scheduled in the next three, four, five days. Big presentation, four people are coming or demo, things are all looking good, right? The whole bit. The day or two before the demo or the presentation, write the following email. Hi, guys. Looking forward to the presentation on Thursday. Here's the five or six things we're going to cover. Could you circle star highlight the two or three that are most important so we can make sure we maximize your time? Right. If they don't respond to that email, what's that telling you? Oh, yeah. Forget the demo. You're not getting anywhere. That's exact. Why wouldn't people just take a second or two to say, well, here's what I want to talk about. So they maximize their time and they don't have to sit through. So, guys, you know, what slays me is most salespeople won't do it. Hey, I'm lucky to have them in that meeting. I'm not going to push it. No, no, no. You got to have them put some sweat equity into this thing because without it, I mean, what's the point? So I'm a huge fan of homework as long as it's mutually beneficial. It's not a trick, but I've got probably... Seven, six, seven, 2021 business plans. I talked to the CRO and I go, listen, you're probably putting together your business plan for 2021. Why don't you send me that, the presentation you're going to make to the executive team so at least can understand. The last one, I got 94 slides. I had to review 94 slides. Now, it was beneficial. I understood what they want. We had a much beneficial conversation. There were some areas I could help, areas I couldn't help. And that was great. But I mean, I had to review 94 slides. But I got something worth value. And so we were able to talk on a better plane. Just ask for the presentation deck. Now, the below the line people, oh, no, no, you have an NDA. We're not sending you that. No, we can't. The above the line person, yeah, sure. No, I said it to you. 
I got six or seven of them right now. So homework assignments early on are important, but make sure number one, it's their sweat equity, not just yours. And two, it's got to be mutually beneficial. It can't be, I just wanted to do work to see if they're like a viable prospect. That doesn't work. No. And I love that because I, I remember going back I mean, early on in my career, someone wanted a demo. And I asked that question and they were like, you know what? Don't worry about it. Just do your demo. And so I did. And I learned a lesson that day. That <laughs> it, it was a waste of time because I had no idea what they cared about, even what to focus on. So I was kind of floundering around. I'll never forget that. Well, let's assume you're selling something for this to the CMO. Well, the CMO is not going to do anything without the CRO and the CIO involved as well. Hey, Mary, my guess is on this project, you're going to need input from the CRO and the CIO. If it's okay, I'd like to talk to them to get their input so that I can come back to you and really give you an idea of what we're thinking about. No, no, no. I'm in charge. No, you can't talk to anybody. It's just ridiculous. I mean, it's a logical next step for me to talk to other people that this initiative is going to affect. So let's talk to them. Yeah. Homework assignments are big. And the earlier you can do them, you really understand if you have a qualified deal or not. Yep. The importance of inside prep and knowing your numbers. Talk about that. The, uh, especially the part I thought was really interesting was knowing your numbers. Inside prep, you got to be prepared, right? Having the right scripts, the right cadences, the right, right sequencing. Knowing your numbers has got to go backwards, right? Let's just assume that you need five new deals a month, a quarter, whatever, Okay. Well, let's play the ratio. You're going to get 20% hit rate of the people that are qualified. So that means your 0.2 times five means you probably need like uh, 100 or, or back that out 40. So if that from the 40, right, then you got to go back, do 100. So you back up, do the math. If I outbound to 100 people, I'm probably going to get 5% return, right? So do the math. If I need five per week, and I have a 20% hit rate from a qualified lead, right? That means I need at least 25. So if I have 25, that means I need to get to 100 to start my sequence, which means I need to have like 200 in the funnel. So you got to know your numbers go backwards from what you need and put those probabilities along the way is the best way to actually go, whoa, I didn't know I needed so many. As much as we think, and I've seen people get 20, 30, 40% response rate from emails, and I've seen people get three or 4%. So quality and messaging does is applied for some of that. But in this age right now where everybody and their brothers emailing and LinkedIn and going crazy, you got to get through the noise. And if you don't know your numbers, you're just hoping you win the game without a strategy. And boy, that doesn't kind of work too well. Right. And you have to work hard to get through the noise. You know, I, the way I put it, right? My yeah. son played quarterback in high school and college, and they always knew the first 20 plays. Now they could change them. But their strategy was, here's the first 20 plays. So I'd see my son at warm-up and he'd go, now, dad, 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 you got to see the second play. Second play is a killer. <laughs> so I kind of knew what was going on, right? right? right. But the same thing with Outbounding. You got to know what your first couple of moves are and you got to have a goal. And if the goal is three a month, five a month or whatever, you got to put your numbers backwards. So as a sales leader, I realize our outbound process is not working or we don't have one. Where do I start in the process to begin building an effective and strong outbound process. First, sit in your customer's chair. No doubt about it. Okay. I'm after the chief executive officer. I'm after the CIO. I'm after the VP of digital. I'm after the VP of HR, whoever it is. 
do some research. What keeps a VP of product up at night? You know, what keeps a CPO awake at night in 2021? Really surround yourself with that vocabulary. I find it funny. Gartner Group consistently throws a conference every year. They're doing it virtual now regarding CIOs. Here's what we think are the hottest things CIOs are going to talk about in 2021. Why wouldn't you look at their topics? Because those topics are probably hot to CIOs and then sit there and play off of that. You know, the Gartner Group says these are hot topics. And if they are with you, maybe we should chat. Why guess? The first thing is do your homework on your customer's persona in that chair. Number two, do your homework on who knows anybody. If you're trying to get a hold of the CIO at Nordstrom or the CIO of Coca-Cola or whoever else, who do you know that they might know that they might know, right? You've got tons of great customers. You'll be shocked at who knows somebody else. So let's do some research on that. Even if it's just, Chris, a company. Hi, I see you know a bunch of people at Google. I know a bunch of people as well. It doesn't have to be anybody particular. It can't even be by company. Number one, research your persona. Sit in the customer chair. Number two, do your research on who knows who knows. And number three, make sure your cadence is sequencing down. I just got a list of from a customer saying, here's the way we outbound, okay? So we want 50% of our target on new logo target prospects and 30 hours a week on new prospects. My immediate answer is, okay, that's really good in paper. Are they doing that? Are they really doing this? And my answer is probably going to be no, because they haven't backed it up for the end. I need five new deals a month. Therefore, I got to do this. I got to do this. They've just thrown ideas out and it sounds good. We're going to get 30 hours a weekend. Nobody's doing it. Stop. Right. Yeah. So that's the best way. Think in the customer chair and then who knows, who knows. I love that. What role does CRM play in the outbound process? Obviously huge, right? It's the organization file. It's the way to do it. Some obviously are better than others, but I mean, you know this as well as I do. I mean, we can go into prospecting outbound companies that are really good and their CRM's terrible and everybody just throwing their hands up going, this is nuts. And we go into companies that good CRM and lousy outbounding, those are easy to fix. Yeah. So, you know, it's almost like taking a car out on the road and the road's all gravelly. My favorite is, is the road to Hana in, in Hawaii. Oh yeah, that's awesome. If you don't have a Jeep, don't even attempt it. <laughs> that, that road's terrible. The infrastructure is terrible. Yeah, same thing. If you don't have a good CRM, your infrastructure is going to be terrible. Right. I think CRM has been around forever. Everybody's got it down. They got it covered. And you know as well as I do, they don't. Right. They don't. And if you don't have a good CRM, all these things that you were talking about, being able to measure, being able to quantify, you're not going to be able to do that. No. And you don't have that foundation you really need. No. And then then all the people are going to knee jerk. They're going to make that attempt for a good month and then get a few leads and go, well, we did it. Rather than it keep it going as an ongoing process. I'm sorry, every quarter, you gotta look at top of funnel. Every quarter, you gotta look at how much you have in the funnel. Every quarter, you gotta either clean up or clean out things. I mean, I'm sorry, it's the way business works. So if you don't have a good infrastructure, you know, you're gonna get stuck in that uh, Ford Taurus on the way to uh, the road to Hana, and you'll be asking for AAA <laughs> to tow you out of the mud. Yeah, in a heartbeat. <laughs> The other thing that I think is pretty common is people trying to use their inbound configuration in CRM for outbound sales process. Can you talk about that? Why on earth would you want to do that? Right. I'm serious. Right. No, I'm, I, you tell me more about that. I mean, I'm oh no, it's, it's because it's like, oh, hey, you know, we've had great success with inbounding. We've already got it all set up that way. Let's just start. We'll just keep using, we'll just keep funneling those same leads 
through our CRM the way it's set up now, instead of spending the time. We're really good at checkers, so I must be really good at chess. That's right. It's a different game. I'm sorry. Now, there are some similarities. They use the same board and stuff, but the differences are just too much. I mean, right. I'd love to tell you if you're really good at inbounding, flipping the switch to go outbounding is, is a piece of cake or it's, it's just a natural extension. It's not. I'm sorry. It's not. Yeah. You have to spend the time to separate sales process, separate dashboards. Yep. Because you're measuring different things. You're looking at different things. And the best ones do that. The best ones sit there and go, we have an outbounding team and an inbounding team, and they're separate. If we have to overlap them, they know there's two different processes. But the best ones try to keep them separate because they are two different animals. That's right. Skip, it's been great talking to you here. Oh, and time's already going. Jeez, holy smokes. <laughs> yeah, we blew through our time. As all we all, you know, as I do, I could sit and listen to you for a long time. I got outbound on uh, Amazon. Yeah, that's fine. I highly recommend the book to everybody. What I love about it, you give a lot of great practical examples in the book. I mean, there are great tips. It's not something that I hate it when people say, hey, you need to do this, but they don't really explain how. I love reading Michael Porter, but I walk away with more questions than answers. I mean, it makes you think and stuff. Being a former VP of sales, it's like, here's the problem. Here's some ways you might want to look at it. There, I'm sure there's a million. But here's some practical templates and tools and ideas, not, you know, buy my second book. Oh, and by the way, on my website, m3learning.com, yep. we just put outbounding up for a paid course, but I also have five lessons out there, which are practical tools for free. So oh, if they get awesome. on m3learning.com and go to the online courses, the course where it says, you know, the five free lessons, jump it. I mean, there's some good stuff in there. That's awesome. That's great to hear. If people want to connect with you, Skip, what's the best way? Skip at M3 Learning. Stands for Miller and his three kids. Skip at M3Learning.com. I love that. That's true. <laughs> you got to name a company something. So you might right. as well name that. Why not? Why not? Well, well, thanks again for coming on. Yeah, no, it's been fun. It's been great. Thanks, Chris. As we end this discussion on Sales Lead Dog, be sure to subscribe to catch all our episodes. On social media, follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Watch the videos on YouTube, and you can also find our episodes on our website at impellercrm.com forward slash salesleaddog. Salesleaddog is supported by Impeller CRM, delivering objectively better CRM for business, guaranteed.